0: Well hello there, what's a smark you ask? Well, we're a special type of fan who understands and appreciates the product on a more in-depth level than you. Or so we like to think. And now, the world's foremost authority. The Rogue of Wrestling, Michael Newman. It's too late yeah. for me. I'm like Gollum and the Ringman, I'll jump in the fucking lava. It's, I don't want to, but it's gonna happen. The New Jersey Kid, Joe Sheehan. Hug life, man. Hug life, man. Not thug life. What is this? Why is Bailey thug life now instead of hug life? You're listening to the Super Smart Brothers Pro Wrestling Podcast. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to the Super Smart Brothers Pro Wrestling Podcast. This is episode number 68. We are fresh off of a much-needed heel turn from TJ Perkins. (laughs) Woo! Yeah! (laughs) Oh, and was of course really there was the, the Superstar Shake-Up. You know, that, that happened too.
1: Yeah. I was gonna say, was that, was that your highlight of the week of wrestling? <laughs> that was a big TJ fucking wrestling. highlight
0: for me. Dude, that heel turn was super needed. We can get into it later, but can you at least agree with that?
1: Yes, no,
0: and it was very natural too, I felt. It was very natural, and yeah, we can get into
1: why I think it was well done, actually. Yeah. Uh, but... The first big thing was that we had a Superstar shakeup, which, going into it, we didn't know what that meant. Yeah, and why, it did, turns why out, didn't they just
0: call it a draft?
1: Well, it wasn't a draft, right? Like, we have no idea what happened behind the scenes, um, like, in storyline, obviously, I'm talking about, to, like, cause these superstars to change from one brand to another. They were just walking out, and some of their promos made it sound like, like The Miz made it sound like he was able to just go over to Raw. That, like, he wasn't traded or anything.
0: Yeah, it's like some of the superstars talked that way, but then at, like, the same time, all the authority figures talked about it very much in the way that it's like, oh, yeah, like, I traded this guy or, you know, whatever. But yeah. then at the same time, like, Kurt Angle seemed very, like, he wasn't quite sure of things. But then when you talked about, like, Daniel Bryan talked, it was like, oh, yeah, like, I traded this guy or I got this guy. Like, especially, did yeah. you listen to uh, Talking Smack at all? Uh, No, I missed that this week. So They got into it a little bit more on there, too, but, yeah, like, they specifically talked about, like, specifically trading guys and getting guys or, like, you know, letting other guys go. Some guys, you know, more willingly and other guys less willingly. Like, you know, Daniel Bryan was like, yeah, yeah, we got w- we got rid of the Miz and Maryse. Yeah. But, you know, then he was you know, joking around a little bit, too. But he talked and- very explicitly about trading guys.
1: So, so it, it seems it's, it's like... Very,
0: WWE has been so all over the place with this whole fucking narrative, like with the superstar shakeup, even or the naming with like it, like, did so many of these trades seem very last minute to you?
1: Yes. And it, I was going to say with the way you were making it sound with like talking smack being the final spot where like they seemed to know what they were talking about. I bet you it wasn't even until Smackdown that they had the storyline like solid of what actually happened. Like Monday mm-hmm. felt like just fuck it. Send Dean Ambrose out there like (laughs) yeah like that
0: they just decided to fucking switch the titles which is fine like i think that's kind of a cool idea we can switch some titles around but then like Mm -hmm. i think one of the biggest ones that totally screams that they had no big plans going into this was the bray wyatt one like yes because bray wyatt is now feuding with randy orton on smackdown and finn balor on raw and he's going to be competing at the raw exclusive pay-per-view for the smackdown title of the Mm -hmm. wwe title like how the fuck does any of that make sense?
1: In a House of Horrors match that they have no idea what the fuck they're going to do for. Yeah. Did you hear about the surveys? Oh, no. What survey? Oh, yeah. So um, they have the WWE Fan Council, which is they just select random fans that have ordered off the shop, uh, interacted with, interacted with them on social media, mm-hmm. have an account with the network, things like that. And it's basically just randomly selected out of all of those. Um, they send certain people surveys from time to time, just of like, uh, like the the survey a while ago about if ROH was acquired and put on the network, like, would you pay more for that kind of thing? Mm-hmm. And recently they did one where they said they sent out a survey and are like, "What do you think should be involved in this House of Horror's match?" Huh?
0: <laughs> I was like, "You want the fans to write the show for you?" Like, like, like from a booking you... standpoint, like, do you want to see it tables? Seems that... Do you want to see yeah, more exactly. projections of the holograms again? <laughs> yeah.
1: Do you want to see interference from the Wyatt family? <laughs> it's literally going to be a fan-booked match. Oh my god. That's fucking hilarious. <laughs> you know what? If
0: if that's actually happening, then I would really hope that that's like an experiment that Vince is like, if he's somehow snapping to his senses like, wait, what the fuck? All right. Hold on. What the fuck are y- all you guys doing for me? Hold on. I'm going to see if these fans can book this shit better than you guys. <laughs> <laughs> Let's see. Although the problem is when you open it up to fucking everybody, the unfortunate truth is while not every wrestling fan is a fucking idiot, there are a lot of fucking idiot wrestling fans. Oh, yeah. So if you do it by sheer numbers, you're uh, willing to, uh, you're, you're going to run into some trouble. Mm-hmm. Uh You know, as we see with, like, you know, the election. Mm -hmm. Like the U.S.
1: election. You know, just just saying. We should maybe go back to, you know, stricter voting laws.
0: (laughs) I don't know, man. There's so many fucking problems wrong with that. We would have to do a whole series of podcasts to, yeah, like, just deconstruct American politics. (laughs) Um, But let's talk about wrestling this time.
1: (laughs) No one argues about that ever.
0: (laughs) And deconstructing, um, what the fuck is Miz doing with this, uh, like, I get the whole dressing up as Cena and Nikki Bella was cute once, but, like, this is the third time they're doing it now, he needs to stop doing it, or it's gonna become his gimmick, and he's gonna, wouldn't it be fucking ironic if, cause remember when he had Sandow as Mizdow? Yeah. He had his own stunt double, and then now he's just dressing up as Cena. <laughs> he has an identity crisis. Yeah. Oh my gosh, and then you have Broken Miz. <laughs> because he doesn't know who he is anymore. He's like been in so many shitty movies and he's stolen so many aspects of gimmicks from other people that he just doesn't know who he is anymore.
1: I'm a Marine. No wait.
0: I'm a reality TV star. I'm Mike Mizid. Wait, no, I'm the Miz. Wait, no, I'm Miz and Morrison. Wait, no, I'm
1: Halloween, <laughs> Miz. Uh,
0: Maurice, Maurice. I'm John Cena. John Cena House Rules says.
1: Oh my gosh! I think that was like I think this should be the last one because I think this was just like a um because WWE has this belief that there's not big crossover between the SmackDown and Raw audiences Mm -hmm. and I think there's some truth to that. I I think some people aren't just watch Raw or just watch SmackDown. Uh, so I think maybe they just did the crossover once just to be like, okay, now everyone's on the same page. Like this is what he's been doing and now he's gonna go on from here.
0: I guess, but, like, I think it just would have been a lot more effective and a lot more subtle if, you know, you still play John Cena's entrance music to tease that, but then just have Miz and Reese come out normally. As them. Afterwards, Which they yeah. did
1: later in the show. <laughs> like.
0: Right, you know, so it was like, you know, just do it that way, you know, because then he can come out and then just, you know, cut a promo of, like, hey, I'm the Miz, this is what I've been doing, fuck all you guys, because I'm a heel. Yadda yeah. yadda, move along. And I think that just would have been better, because it's... It's one of those things where, like, Vince gets super attached to these weird, like, people dressing up as other people shit gimmicks. Because, like, I'm really glad that they they got Tyler Breeze out of it because, like, that was that was starting to get scary because he did it two weeks in a row. That it was like, oh, no. Yeah. Oh, no. Is this going to be Tyler Breeze's be gimmick? For a, like, He's just going to be Breezy Bella now forever. <laughs> breezy Bella. But he got out of that. And then, yeah you know, hopefully that was the last time for Mizum Race. Um <laughs> Because, yeah, they, um, they they could do some good shit on Raw. They could.
1: Yeah. And, and I'm, glad that the interco-
0: I'm glad that the Intercontinental title is on Raw then if they're going to be on Raw.
1: Well, I mean, I think
0: the, he needs uh, to go for the Intercontinental title again.
1: Yeah, and I think the IC title is going to be elevated from being on Raw since that is now the main championship
0: that yeah. will be like I mean, seen it's on have Raw. To be. Unless, unless by some fucking weird ass miracle uh, Bray Wyatt wins that match, but that's not gonna happen. (laughs) Because I mean, we'll we'll get into it more, but I've I've utterly lost faith in Bray Wyatt. Mm -hmm. Like I just, they're never gonna do anything with him again. Yeah.
1: Um, But Uh, what did you think though of? So we had Miz and Maurice come out, and then Dean Ambrose come out. What did you think of just the like unannounced like they just walked out and are now on Raw? Um, I mean, I just, I
0: thought that the format of this whole thing was just very weird, Um, but I get that they just wanted to shoot this along, but at the same time, I just think it was very lazy. Like, I think they just could have done very similar draft format of just have a couple segments of Kurt Angle and uh, Dano Bryan out there at the same time, which I think would have been fucking entertaining. I would have liked to have seen them together.
1: Oh, yeah, they did a, a segment for the network together, the two of them. Talking about a dream match between them. Mm-hmm. And it was entertaining as hell. I just, and it, it just felt like it was so weird to me because, like, at first, Ms. and marie I'm like, oh, they have both SmackDown and Raw stars on this show, and then they're going to announce who's going where. But then also the announcers are just like, nope, they're here. Yeah. But so then I, I
0: wonder from a from a booking standpoint like why they decided to split into two nights like that whether they wanted to make both nights feel really special in that way which is fine like i think they still could have even done it in a way that like they could have had these segments but like you know maybe just Kurt Angle did his on Raw and then Daniel Bryan did his on SmackDown but like had it be like more official drafting trade segments yeah um or you could have done like I don't know i just i feel like it was just very sloppy and it just it felt like it was so like this it just felt so much of like wait we just like we still don't know what we're doing so we have to delay it another day just to figure out what the Mm -hmm. fuck we're doing like that's what it felt like yeah
1: and then we're gonna explain it
0: yeah because like i don't feel like necessarily that all of the picks were bad i feel like some of them were very strange like i think that Wyatt was definitely one of the most misguided um just because definitely And, I mean, maybe that's because I would, you know, in my... If I was controlling WWE, I would make Wyatt actually an integral part of the product and make him actually have a run with the title and shit like that, and they're just kind of interested in perpetually having him be a jobber, which I guess is fine. He's, like, the jobber to the stars in that way. Which, you know what, I guess in a way is, is kind of commendable, right? Because, like, how many guys do you know have been able to be... I guess, that effect of a jobber to the stars for that long. But, I mean, even as I say that, I think about it, it's like... But at the same time, like, how much does it fucking mean to beat Bray Wyatt these days? Like, it means a little bit of something, but not a lot. I mean, I don't think it means anything anymore. <laughs> yeah, maybe after this last one, it doesn't mean anything, but... Before that, it it meant a little bit. Like, if a mid-card guy were to beat Bray Wyatt, it's like, okay, that's a pretty solid win. Mm -hmm. But, like, you know, anybody past that is like, oh, yeah, of course you're going to beat Bray Wyatt. Because he's just... Yeah, uh,
1: because there's just no... There's just no threat behind it. It's just, you're going to spend months, like, building up this guy, and he's just going to lose. Yeah.
0: Yeah, it's just that he's going to fucking lose every time. It's because it's like that's the – um. that's when – you know what? I, th- I think I can properly finally say this final loss to Randy Orton, Bray Wyatt is buried because the perception really has finally turned, I think, at least in my view. And I think to an extent the crowd has because I don't know if you saw it on two, I think on Monday, they really didn't react to him almost at all compared to what they normally do.
1: Like sometimes and it's, more. And look how they chose to debut him on Raw. It was in a video package with Finn Balor in the ring. Mm-hmm. Like, you're really having him fight an uphill battle there.
0: Yeah, I mean, it wasn't it wasn't the greatest introduction either. But uh, yeah, I mean, I feel like the crowd is just kind of turning on him in that way, and that it's they just they realize that it's not going anywhere. And. Uh, or Bray Wyatt, they really could have had something with that, but now, like, I think, yeah, it's just it's it's kind of over, it might be,
1: and especially if he loses a House of Horrors match, <laughs> whatever the fuck that's supposed to be. Bruce Rice,
0: do you? Oh, I mean, man. do you think there's any chance that he could win that? No. Great, <laughs> easy enough. Now, all right, I want to talk about something that was good though. Uh, I want to talk about Bronze Beatdown of Reigns because I thought that was fucking awesome.
1: <laughs> I, it was awesome up to a point for me. <laughs> did Did you not like the ambulance flip? <laughs> no, that that's where they lost. It, <laughs> <laughs> it just. The coriness too of like the continuing of him going back and the paramedics running away, like it happening over and over again was just like didn't he announce at one point he's like, I'm not done with you as he yeah, was running it
0: <laughs> That was the fucking best man. I fucking love that. Yeah, he was it was when he charged inside the ambulance to get him. He said, I'm not done with you yet. <laughs> Oh my God, like, it, it started to get to the point where I thought it was, like, comical, and it was great. Like, I th- I was really hoping that he was going to, after he flipped the ambulance, then come back on screen and be <laughs> it's like, rip I'm still the not w. Totally. <laughs> Exactly. I'm still not done with you.
1: He, he flips like a truck on top of the ambulance. <laughs> <laughs> um. So, the funny part about him flipping the ambulance was a... Uh, multiple bodybuilders have come out or like, uh, not bodybuilders, I'm sorry like strongmen have come out so guys who do that type of stuff and we're just like, yeah, that's physically impossible what? no
0: fucking shit it's
1: impossible
0: <laughs> what kind of
1: dipshit thinks that's real other than like a kid uh, the the people who started the the petition to get uh, <laughs> to get Braun Strowman fired off of WWE <laughs> have you Are seen you? this? No, are you fucking kidding me? <laughs> yes, <laughs> there's there's a there is a petition that says Brock Sherman has gone too far in his attack of Roman Reigns and needs to be fired off of WWE. <laughs> you know what? That's great. <laughs> it's the reaction you want, though, right? Like that's well, the thing. It's hilarious to us. You know what?
0: Let me let me clarify because let me ask you a question: Is there outrage yeah. because he went too far in his beating up of Roman Reigns? or is there outrage because oh how dare he flip an ambulance An ambulance is a sacred thing of oh no 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 it's like.
1: completely storyline you hurt roman reigns
0: okay then cool good
1: yeah, yeah i mean though it accomplished what it what he wanted to right like well cuz it, it, it was i
0: guess for that that one fan it accomplished what wwe <laughs> wanted it to do but uh, for everybody not... else it was just like not... yeah fuck him up especially in the arena
1: yeah everybody you're
0: chanting you deserve it
1: yeah <laughs> and he kept cheering every time braun came back into the picture like yeah it was amazing as soon as, as, soon as he ran on the screen there was cheers.
0: oh my god like i was cheering just watching on my screen i was like oh my god they they do not realize that they're making braun Strowman the biggest baby face in this damn company yeah like, they're just going to make him the most over-babyface on Raw. They're going to have to have him beat and, Brock Lesnar and get the title or something.
1: <laughs> they have doctors on staff, right? So, yeah, can course. the doctors not give input to the writers when the announcers have to announce the injuries that Roman Reigns suffered from this? So, let's start. First, he was grabbed out of a chair while he's getting an interview. was thrown all over the building, like, into ladders, into doors, into whatever, a wall, has a crate, like, on wheels, a very heavy crate, smashed into his face (laughs) slash body, is then uh, strapped onto a stretcher. The stretcher is flipped off of a (laughs) very highly elevated uh, shipping dock, (laughs) and he lands on the- he lands face first on the ground, (laughs) is placed back into an ambulance, and the ambulance is flipped over, and all he has is, like, a separated shoulder, bruised ribs, And uh, I think they said, like, possible... I don't think... Did they mention skull fractures at all? I don't think they did. But yeah, like, basically no injuries whatsoever.
0: Yeah. Man, you know what? What a great way to capitalize on beating and retiring The Undertaker. For Roman Reigns just to get his
1: fucking ass whooped. (laughs) What? Like... (sighs) Which is literally what he... (laughs) <laughs> he was about to do he was about to capitalize he was giving an interview about doing that thing
0: <laughs> oh man that fucking interview was balls that like I hated that that was some pussy shit cause like the fucking first week when he came out and was just embracing the booze and was like this is my yard now I was so excited cause it was like oh my god maybe maybe are they please coming to their senses and letting him turn heel and then this one is just a whole like yeah I respect the dead man you know, I just, I had to do it. It was like, it yeah, was
1: stupid. He completely contradicts what he's, what he said before. Is, exactly. Going into the match, he said, I'm going to retire you. Right,
0: like, what a bitch. Ugh, I hate this character. This is so, like, the way that it's written is so stupid. Like, who, how are you supposed to cheer this guy? He sucks. He yeah. sucks and he's inconsistent and it's just, it's, it's aggravating, because I think we can all plainly see the kind of fucking awesome character that Roman Reigns can play. He just needs to be a fucking
1: remorseless bad ass. Yeah, it's the the thing is, it's not the X Pac go away heat. It's the we we. He's a great wrestler. Like he has good matches. He's just in the wrong character. Yeah, he he actually has become
0: pretty damn good over the years. Like, I think he's he's not on the amazing level, but like he's one of those guys when you put him in the ring with somebody else who's really good, he will elevate to their level, and yeah. he can like for somebody who's decent, he can get to a pretty good match with them. But he's yeah. not he's not like you know a guy like an AJ Styles, so you can throw him with anybody and he can just oh, produce yeah, yeah, yeah. gold.
1: Like yeah, no, and that's fine though. Like yeah. there's a lot of there's been a lot of top wrestlers just like that. Hey, you know what? Like honestly, he's already better than Cena was back when
0: Cena had the experience he had. So yeah, yeah, you know, that's that, a, that's, like a how, that's a bonus. But he's he Rain he ain't seen just... on the mic though. But oh yeah, that's okay. Honestly, see, Reigns really should ne- barely be talking.
1: And if he is talking, he should All be right. gloating, which is what he doesn't do.
0: <laughs> Man, isn't isn't it just fucking amazing? Like I, I feel like the idea to have Roman Reigns retire the Undertaker has probably been in the works for a while but the fact that they had no plans on where to go from that or at least seemingly is is mind-blowing to me because it's like the lesnar
1: the lesnar storyline after defeating the undertaker at wrestlemania now looks like a five-star program compared to this
0: well and you know what the fucking weirder thing is Have you been hearing the fucking rumors that, like, it's they're setting up Strowman for Lesnar? Which, based off of this, makes sense. Yes. But based off of the fact that... Because you had
1: had Strowman approach him last week.
0: Right. Just the fucking fact that then you had Roman be the one that retired Undertaker and then this is where you're going is, like, this makes no sense. Like, this is where you would go if you had Strowman retire Undertaker. Yeah. And, you know, you had, like, I don't know, Roman Reigns win the title and he was going after the title, like... This is the sort of shit that would have made sense,
1: mm-hmm. but it's it's so very the, weird. The question comes down to this: How long is Roman Reigns out for? That's a good question. <laughs> Although,
0: honestly, at this point, if if they are if they're willing to write him off at this point, um, they should probably write him off for a while. I would think. I'm thinking maybe until like at least SummerSlam or whenever Lesnar and uh, Strowman are done. Like, I think you have to wait until they're done and bring the reigns back after that. Otherwise, he's just going to get overshadowed with something else, right? Cause, overshadowed because like, he's, or... he's well. Because I guess the, the my thinking is if he's not going for the world title at this point, what is he doing? Yeah. Like if you retired the Undertaker, you have to go for the world
1: title. That's it. And my other thing is like you have to sell this attack. And you have to sell it really well. Yeah.
0: So then do you think the idea is do you think does Strowman beat Lesnar and then you build Stroman and Reigns, or do you have Lesnar beat Strowman still, and then just Strowman's the guy that Reigns destroys on his way to Lesnar
1: when he comes back? That seems more like it, the the second one that you gave. Yeah. Because the, the rumors right now is that the plan still is Lesnar versus Reigns at next year's Wrestlemania. Fuck.
0: Does this really mean Lesnar's going to hold on to this goddamn title for a whole fucking year? I think so. I guess I just might as well fucking eat this shit sandwich right now. <sighs> Fuck Brock Lesnar. That motherfucker. <laughs> I just saw a fucking article today. That posted, guess how much you think Lesnar made from WWE this last year, in 2016. Oh, it was it that Forbes article? Yeah, uh, wasn't it something like 12 million? 12 million dollars. Do you know? All right, so obviously Cena made
1: the second most, but do you know how much he made by comparison? Cena, I it was definitely not in the. Was it? Wait, was Cena double digits? Game. Maybe like ten million. Cena made eight. Oh wow, he was
0: down in the single. Okay, and then in third place was Roman Reigns. And you want to guess how much he made? Six or seven. Three and a half.
1: Oh my God, that's a huge jump.
0: Yeah. So then there was like a lot of other guys in the like two million range, like Ambrose and yeah. Rollins and Rollins, Orton. And
1: I thought like that. I was. Yeah, I thought it was interesting. Rollins and Ambrose all make more than Orton. Mm-hmm.
0: Well, that, that makes sense, I think, because Orton had a lot of time off, and mm, true, even then, too, it seems like his, his schedule is a little more part-time, like he probably works less of the house shows. Uh, he seems to work less of the Smackdowns than the other guys comparatively, but...
1: Well, apparently his deal's coming up, and he does want, when he resigns, he wants the part-time deal where he doesn't do house shows and only does TV kind of a thing. Mm-hmm.
0: That makes sense. I mean, he's been doing this a long-ass time.
1: And he's got hit, God knows how many injuries. Like,
0: yeah, well, and I mean, he he's been getting injured, you know, more and more these last couple of years. So if if they want to keep using him, they need to
1: yeah. slow him down a little. And, uh, and think... he's got something. I remember watching his the DVD they released on him. It's something with his shoulders. Like that's why he has a lot of shoulder injuries. Mm-hmm. He has like ex- like extended muscles in his shoulders or something like that. Which pro, like makes him more prone to those types of in- injuries. Hmm.
0: I wonder if uh, banging on the mat and uh, that's, pounding that's his fists and really you know helps uh, his shoulders at all. <laughs> <laughs> what if that's good uh, for his shoulders? <laughs> um. I mean, then again, I guess you could just say like, yo. Know, I guess
1: pro wrestling is good for his shoulders. <laughs> yeah. Very true. Uh, so you yeah, got any other highlights from Raw? Uh, oh well,
0: dude, we got we got introductions of uh Bliss and Mickey James yes. to the women's division. I th- I'm really glad to see Mickey or uh, sorry, uh, Alexa Bliss really get kind of a spotlight in this. And I love yeah. the I loved the, the the intelligence of her booking like when Nia Jax comes out to fuck everybody up. She just pushes Sasha Banks into Nia Jax as a distraction, and then gets the fuck out. Yeah. Like, at the end of the segment, yeah, Nia Jax destroyed everybody except for Alexa Bliss, who's just like, yeah, like, I I know not to fuck with you. <laughs> like, I love that she like she th- so thoroughly understands her character. Like, even in the promo and the little way she talks, it's great. In the way that she just, oh yeah, yeah, you know, gets just herself right- out of danger, it's perfect.
1: Right off the bat, she is like. She's ripping into Bailey and Sasha for like stuff that anyone was, mm. could criticize them for. Like, oh, stop the act. You guys aren't really friends. Like, things like that. Yeah, that was a fucking great
0: opening promo. Just coming in and just establishing herself as like, hey, I'm the main bitch now over here on Raw. Mm-hmm. And, and then I exactly thought exactly eviscerating James... them on the fucking bike.
1: They're going to have to make up to a good one, people. too. She's just. Okay. Yeah, and then Mickey James coming in, too, saying, like, I'm a multiple-time women's champion compared to most of you, so, you, like, I am the marker that you have to reach, basically. Right, so,
0: yeah, the Raw's women's division is looking pretty good, because then you've got, you know, Dana's in there and Emma's in there.
1: Like, I think Emma
0: should yeah, really which, help
1: that out. Yeah, and I mean, she, well, she's already helping out. She's giving Dana a program.
0: Yeah, so, you know, I would like to see, you know, Emma can go over Dana here so then she can be a challenger for Bailey. Um, I'm wondering how long they're going to wait to slow burn this uh, Dama-Sasha heel turn.
1: Yeah, I mean, that seems to be a really slow burn, but I also give them credit for continuing the storyline of Emma and Dana. Mm -hmm. Of not just bringing Emma back and being like, oh yeah, forget that they were ever, like, together. But Emma, like, just putting it up there right away, like, oh, you were my protege before you were Charlotte's, and now mm-hmm. Charlotte's gone, so I'm going to take you back.
0: Yeah. Um, my other thing I was wondering, too, for you, because, uh, you know, the Alexa Bliss character and then the heel Sasha, like, they kind of have a very similar feel. So I'm wondering, because, you know, Sasha's heel turn is sort of inevitable. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, d- Like, how well do you think they're going to be able to coexist on the roster together? Do you think they're going to step on each other's toes a little too much? Or do you think maybe they're going to end up...
1: No, I think they're just different enough. Okay. Because Sasha's character is, I'm the boss, and, like, being very open and upfront about, like, that kind of stuff. Whereas Alexa's is very, like, I feel, like, subtle, where she doesn't... She doesn't say that. She doesn't come out and say that she's the best, the boss, things like that. She just comes out and is just like, "All of you are below me," like, but says it in a much smarter way. (laughs) Okay, that's how that's how it comes across to me.
0: Okay, that's fair. I was I was just thinking almost maybe from like a, hmm. you know what? I wonder would it be interesting to kind of see them team up, like if they were both heels. To see like a a power heel duo. Like it's just these bitchy, nasty little heel bitches. (laughs) Wow, I just I really threw the word bitch in there. Yeah, just these bitchy little (laughs) bitchy
1: bitches. (laughs) (laughs) Bitchy little bitchy
0: bitches. (laughs) Oh my gosh. Yeah, I don't know. Maybe that that would be kind of interesting. Maybe not like a super long term thing, but I don't know. We'll see ya. Because, like, uh, you know, Sasha Banks has a history of doing that, right? Because she had the BFFs and there was the Four Horsewomen. Like, there's the group kind of mentality with her. Yeah. Who knows? Ooh, maybe if they had, like, a bunch of servants. Well, you know what? They could get Nijaks.
1: There you go. Oh, That'll my God. A... Speaking of servants, did you see the Twitter exchange between Charlotte and Dalton Castle? No. So now that Charlotte uh, has, like, if you noticed lately, her wardrobe, her, like, pay-per-view wardrobes have been more, like, more like a peacock kind of a thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, the boys have their own Twitter account, and they tweeted, they're like, oh, if you ever need fanning, let us know. And she, like, sent them back. She's like, oh, I will, or something like that. And Dalton Castle <laughs> tweeted, and he's like, wait, I lost my title match, and I'm losing the boys? What the hell? <laughs> And him and Charlotte were, like, going back and forth about it. That's pretty good. But another thing that was, I think, even better.
0: Fucking TJ Perkins finally got that heel turn.
1: And it yes, made sense. Yes. Um, it was a little weird how they uh, started it with, like, him and Neville interacting at first. But once he actually did the heel turn and it continued on, like, 205 Live and things like that, I, I felt it was a little more natural.
0: Yeah, because it's like, you know, this whole thing of, uh, you know, getting frustrated with the missed opportunities and then kind of seeing Neville as the example of the, you know, if you kind of take it into your hands and just say fuck to everybody, like, you can take it into your own hands and get those opportunities for yourself. Yeah. And, you know, I I liked the, I think it was one of those, um it, it's not, fully perfected yet, but, like, it's overnight, man. I think he's already doing a lot better in his promos, and I think he's even doing a little better in his matches. Like, what do you think as far as his his performance?
1: Yeah, I mean, he he definitely switched up his style, which I appreciate whenever you turn heel. Um, Not doing a lot of high-flying, keeping it more grounded, submission-based, but I just thought it was also really cool, naturally, with the fans of how they react to him Mm -hmm. for the heel turn because when he was first doing the dabbing and stuff in the cruiserweight classic, that was a little more over like, and more of a babyface face move. Right. Because people are like, Oh yeah. Dabbing. It's cool. It's up. And he mm-hmm. just kept doing it over and over now. And it's gotten to the point where like, no, nah, it's not really a thing anymore. So when he does it, it gets booed. So it's like, Oh, it's very natural that mm-hmm. he went from baby face to heel in this manner.
0: Right. And, uh, uh, like, uh, in his promo, do you think just cause I feel like a lot of his babyface promos came off like really, really just disingenuous and just like even worse than a lot of the other guys. It felt like he was reading off a cue card or a script and just reciting lines instead of, you know, talking as his character. But mm-hmm. there were, uh, in his heel promos this time, I felt like there was a lot more, uh, character and a lot more gusto. Like, it felt like it was actually him talking a little bit more as his character rather than just reading whatever lines they gave him. Yeah. I don't know. Did that come across to you? I didn't notice that as much, but I could probably see it. Like, he he, I think he just kind of... And I think that's one of those things that's very natural for a lot of people with being a heel. Because when you're being a heel, I think you're allowed to take more chances. Because, you know, you're trying to get people to boo. Which is, in a way, I think kind of a little bit easier than to cheer. Because... You, know, you just kind of have to be a dick about things, uh. So you're able to take and more chances. Like to boo things a lot, of you. right? So you can take more chances with your character. And I think him, uh, like when he was talking about uh, how he beat everybody in the cruiserweight classic, and how it was so easy that it was like playing tennis with the uh, with the net down, like it just that net, uh, like you know, lines like that just came across. I think a little more natural than some of his lines when he was a babyface, where it was something like. I'm trying to remember. There was one in particular that was really bad. It was something along the lines of uh, "It's uh like, hey, yeah, like uh I was doing some arm bars with Shinsuke Nakamura the other day and he was calling me a thief for stealing his move. And I may be a thief, but I don't steal moves. I steal moments or something. Like, it was just really <laughs> fucking bad. Or, you know, like all those one-up lines and just all those over-the-top gamer references. Like, those were a lot worse than the promo he fucking gave on 205 Live. Oh, yeah. So, I think he's starting to head in the right direction, and I think his, uh, like, mannerisms in the match, I think, were really befitting of a heel. Like, just befitting this kind of, like, very cocky, self-absorbed, uh, arrogant heel who, it, it seems to me, are you getting the energy that he's almost getting this uh, identity of maybe he's going to be, like, the prince of the cruiserweights? Like, that this alliance with Neville is going to be a bit of a lasting thing?
1: Yeah, because it's weird, right? Like... Being friends with the, the champion, mm-hmm. um, the champion promising, like, I'm the only one that can get you title shots, things like that. Mm-hmm. Um, So, yeah, maybe, like, it's a, what, what do I want to say? Kind of like a bet that I know in the end this friendship or alliance or whatever you want to call it, in the end will help me. But I'm, like, taking a chance with it at first. Mm-hmm. And
0: you know what? It's it's one of these things that I think if they if they kind of commit to it for a while, not only is it going to be I think beneficial to T.J. Perkins because it's help because it, it helps give him a character, and I think actually right now it could be a really good character of like that that guy that's in the way when you're trying to get towards Neville and the cruiserweight title, and he's this like fast, cocky little like bastard who can pull off all sorts of crazy ass moves. And he can rub it in your face. And it's irritating as fuck. Like, that's who he Mm -hmm. is. He's just like little The Prince. He gets in your head and does all this shit.
1: And he's got backup with the king.
0: Yeah, and then, you know, the king comes out and can fuck your ass up. So, you know, that helps establish his identity. And then with Neville, it helps, you know, not overexpose him by having T.J. Perkins be in the way. Then it also helps give him an ally for like you know if he needs to cheat in a match or if he has tag matches, like there are all these different things that having TJ Perkins as an ally, I think helps bolster his identity as the king and just helps his championship reign. Then on top of it, uh, you know bolstering that stuff together. Eventually, if they crumble, then
1: you've got a built-in feud. These yeah. guys can fight each other. So definitely, they're. One of the few highlights of 205 Live right now for me.
0: Yeah. Well, I mean, that and then his match with um well, TJ Perkins' match with Gallagher, I thought was pretty damn good. That was the only good thing on 205 Live. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, other than 205 uh, Live, we had some other good stuff on SmackDown because we got uh, Owens coming over to SmackDown. Well, oh,
1: did you want to talk about Real quick on Raw, I just want to finish up. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, fucking fire Jinder Mahal. (laughs) That bad, huh? Because fucking Finn Balor comes back after being injured and literally in his first singles match the first guy that he works with, Jinder Mahal, gives him a goddamn concussion. Well, but, I mean... Jacked up, Jinder Mahal, fucking steroid ridden ass.
0: (laughs) Do you think that's part of why they sent him over to SmackDown was to get him away from Finn Balor?
1: They're like, man, he Maybe. fucked him up. We have to. He's a, the The club was gonna, the club was gonna give him a receipt. <laughs>
0: oh my gosh. Yeah, uh, that was but uh... yeah. That's, I just wanted to get off that, <laughs> that off that. That, that was your that was your thing. So then, what did you think Ooh. of his uh, performance on SmackDown?
1: I <laughs> I so. Hold on. Rob Gronkowski has to get his revenge at Wrestlemania by get, helping get Ginder eliminated from the Battle Royal and then at Smackdown also has to give him the receipt of throwing like a full beer in his face <laughs> like and Rob got all of that too like Jinder like barely tossed anything at him at Wrestlemania mm-hmm. but Rob took like pretty much a full beer and like shot it at his face like,
0: Oh, yeah, dude, of course. WWE, like, the celebrities always get the super upper hand on the, the stars. That's yeah. just how it is.
1: And apparently to get pushed, uh, Mojo Rawley just has to have Rob Gronkowski be at every show. Yeah, there you go. You just
0: Well, yeah. you know what? In in the world of WWE, that's a sort of shit that makes sense. Because, it's like, if you're bringing more exposure to the product, and especially if you're potentially wooing a guy like, well... I don't know. That's the thing is because, like, a guy like Gronkowski, sure, he's got this little bit of popularity right now, but, like, I don't know. After he retires, do you think he's going to have that much fucking buzz to make uh, it worth signing a guy like him?
1: I mean, if WWE feels like they can reinvigorate that buzz, yeah. But you're right. By the end of his football career, which, I mean,. I'm no Patriots fan, but I hope like something doesn't happen to end his career anytime soon <laughs> um I yeah, it's gonna die down, although I mean, I guess if he's smart and he like
0: plays up the whole character thing and gets it to be more of like a thing like a I don't know like just a name that people know, then yeah, maybe the character couldn't last a little longer and then
1: he could i mean he's kept it up for a good amount of time. it's been i think two or three years now. oh, has it really? yeah at least it's been at least two that I know that he's been around and and kept up this character of the party boy kind of hype bro mentality. Okay.
0: I hadn't realized it would have been that long, so I don't know maybe it'll maybe it will last until he uh, retires and go to WWE if he wants to. Yeah <laughs> and then uh, him and Mojo Raleigh can team up and retire Zack Ryder, a balding Zack Ryder.
1: <laughs> oh, man. Uh, but, yeah. So, SmackDown. Uh, yeah, we're on SmackDown. We got a, uh, a shaved in
0: Kevin Owens.
1: Yeah, and the the suit. And did you notice this? He's kind of talking slower, too. A little bit, yeah. Did I think he was trying to, like, basically mimic Jericho's character. Yeah, like the old Jericho? Mm-hmm. I can see that. I can see that. Especially since they're still feuding, so.
0: Yeah, that's true. And he is playing up this whole, uh, uh, you know, like him being the Canadian thing, like, you know, with the US yes. title. It's like, you know, that was a lot of his promo was the whole, you know, try to get cheap heat off of the Canada's better than the United States. Sort of shtick. Yeah. And, um, uh, I I I enjoyed
1: from that. Oh, Uh, I was just going to say, I enjoyed from that. So, Owens comes out with the title, and you have guys coming out right away trying to challenge for it. (laughs) I was going to say the exact same thing. (laughs) Yes!
0: (laughs) Exactly. You have three fucking guys all coming out saying that they want this title. Makes it fucking feel important as hell. And that, you know, these aren't just fucking any guys. Like, this is Sami Zayn, who's a big deal and the people fucking love. This is.
1: Baron Corbin, who they've you know, put some heat under. And... I mean, he's pretty much, Corbin's now like the second highest heel on SmackDown. Oh god, is that true? Think about uh, it, you got Owens and then who else?
0: Yeah, you've got Owens, because you had Wyatt, but Wyatt's gone. You mm-hmm. had, well AJ Styles basically turned face. So, yeah, not him. Fuck, and you got rid of Miz. God damn it. They're gonna have to build up some heels, man. Sure. Who else did they get in the draft? Did they get? Well, they got they got Rusev. Hold on, maybe uh yes, maybe they could build Rusev back up, and he could. Oh my god, they're they might be fucked when it comes to heels. Well, I guess Owens is really just gonna have to step the fuck oh. up and be master heel man. Or Randy Orton could turn heel again.
1: Yeah, um, maybe but be I better. think. I mean, I thought Reigns held it, like, held himself together for this. Who? Oh, did I just say Reigns? Yeah. <laughs> Corbin. Corbin. I thought he, like, held his own with these other three.
0: <laughs> He's okay. I mean, I guess that's that's how he has to get better, right? Is you have to throw him in there with guys that are better
1: than him. I mean, he was, I mean, his wrestling is definitely getting better because the main event was awesome.
0: Yeah, that main event was really good between the three of them. And, you know, you could you could just kind of write it off into Zayn and Styles, of course. So they carried it to being good. But I think Corbin did help. He got it there. Yeah. He did his part. Uh, but yeah, and then especially with Styles going after this title, I think really especially makes it feel really important. Because yeah. Zayn and Corbin, yeah, like those those two guys make sense to go after the US title. But, like, Styles is, like, the top guy on SmackDown right now.
1: Yes, definitely. It and is definitely his he, show.
0: Yeah, the fact that he's going for the U.S. title makes it feel really important.
1: And I like that he he made it clear that he was like, "I'm going after this title, but I'm also doing it to let you guys know that, like, because two of them are newcomers, that this is my show."
0: Mm-hmm. And dude, how how fucking phenomenal was that? Eh, phenomenal. Was that Heh. promo with Styles that? Yeah, just I loved his languaging, just talking so much about how SmackDown is his home, it's the show that his that he built. Like I love his identity with SmackDown because not only it, it makes not only does it give a little bit more of an element to his character and I help helps justify his face turn, but it also gives more of an identity to SmackDown because yes. then there are, there are certain guys who now through the first year and now going into the second year have been here and are now kind of the cornerstones of this show.
1: Yeah. And with not only that, but you're building on it with guys like Zayn and stuff that are really hyping up this thing that SmackDown is the opportunity show. Mm-hmm. And I think that makes it so much more interesting and so much more watchable.
0: Yeah. And it's really exciting to see too, especially with them. Um, Cause then later in the show they talked about, um, yeah, you know, like the tag teams, and I liked. And um, oh, hold on, this is a little bit on talking smack as well, because I'm talking smack. They mentioned about how um, Daniel Bryan was disappointed that they didn't get to have a tag team match at WrestleMania for the SmackDown tag team titles. Mm-hmm. So he was like really excited that it's like, you know, this year we're gonna be focusing more on the tag teams, and we're really excited, especially to have New Day, you know, to help come in and help you know reinf- reinfigurate some of these tag teams and help bring out some of their personality. By, you know, having to basically go on the mic against New Day.
1: <laughs> yeah.
0: So, I like that they're already kind of expressing that that's an, a, in a focus for this year. is like New Day coming in and helping the tag teams get their spotlight in SmackDown. Because we saw even um fucking Primo and Epico come in. And they're starting something with the American Alpha there.
1: Yeah, and it looks like they're being rebranded again. Because they weren't called the Shining Stars. It was Primo and Epico.
0: Yeah, they weren't called the shining stars at all. So maybe they're just dropping the uh, the gimmick.
1: Because that's what, Those two, I always feel so bad for because they're great wrestlers, both of them. Like they're up there with Carlito out of that the Cologne family, mm-hmm. but they were just giving shit gimmicks all the time.
0: Well, you know what? They, they they honestly just they need a manager or they need to be part of a stable with somebody else who can lead them. Yeah, because they just Car- they, bring they, back they have, Carlito. They have like almost no charisma. And it's just like no matter what gimmick you give them, I think they they just they don't have charisma. It's just yeah, but that's okay. They can be good hands that work for somebody else who has charisma. Carlito, yeah, whoever the fuck. Seriously,
1: the Cologne group would be amazing. <laughs> um, we also had a whole segment on the women's division in SmackDown, and. I loved the swerve here of Shane going, the the first, like, woman I'm bringing out is a second-generation star, which immediately got the woo chance going. Mm -hmm. And he goes, her father is a Hall of Famer, which, again, more, like, Charlotte Flair chance. And then he goes, Tamina. (laughs) Which I thought was... It was, like, a 50-50 shot here, where it was, like, yes, it made Tamina, like... A little bit like prominent, like, hey, she's also just like Charlotte. She's the second generation. Dad's a hall of famer, things like that. But it was also just such a slap in the face, that, like, you're the the swerve for the bigger name of Charlotte. Mm. Yeah, I, that was kind of fun. Mm-hmm. And then Charlotte, man, they are making her just to be the the absolute queen bee of like both divisions. Oh yeah, I mean, like, how long until she gets the title?
0: Absolutely no timing, because <laughs> like it's not a question of if; it's just how long until she gets it. Yeah, I'm, I'm thinking. I would be surprised if she doesn't get it within three months. Like, I guess. Right, let me put it on the timeline. If she doesn't get it by SummerSlam, like if she doesn't yeah. win, like SummerSlam by the latest, I would be very
1: surprised. I agree. But yeah, they just made out her. They made out, <laughs> made it out for her to be such a star.
0: I thought that was great. Well, and justifiably too. I think she is honestly the greatest star they have in the women's division. Yeah, like bar none. Like there are a lot and, of women who are also good, but she is by far the best.
1: I think, and I think her coming over to SmackDown now is going to elevate. Uh, Becky, you can elevate. Naomi, like, all the other women in that division right now mm-hmm. could really use the, like, it's new pairings, obviously, but use that time with Charlotte to, like, up their game.
0: Right, and it'll help, uh, you know, further bring legitimacy to this title, the SmackDown title. Because mm-hmm. this one doesn't have the lineage, like, the old, the Raw title was the one that technically carries the old lineage.
1: Yeah. The SmackDown one has just been tossed back and forth.
0: I, well, I mean, just, the thing is that it's, it's brand new. Like, the only champions they've had so far are Becky Lynch, Alexa Bliss, and Naomi. Like, yeah. you know, it doesn't have the same pedigree. Like, oh, it has Trish Stratus and Lita and yada yada and Mickie James and all the
1: old women. <laughs> um, but anyway. We also have some... Interesting vignettes here where it separately Rusev was stated as coming to SmackDown, but then Lana had a like coming soon video mm-hmm. on her own,
0: yeah. So maybe she's gonna, yeah, kind of be that lower tier woman in the women's division,
1: yeah, and be separated from Rusev but on the same show. Which I is mean, weird.
0: maybe they'll still do a few things together, but just the at least forming a little bit of a separate identity.
1: Yeah. And it looks like she's doing like some kind of dancing gimmick, because she was dancing with a chair in the vignette. Yeah, it could
0: be kind of like a stripper thing, maybe. But, uh, I mean, speaking of people going back to old uh, weird gimmicks, uh, you know, Aiden English is back to his singing, now that Simon Gotch is gone. Yes. And uh, getting his ass kicked by uh, Ty Dellinger.
1: Who I was so oh. glad to see... Outside of the post-WrestleMania crowd getting the reactions, he does. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, I, th- I think it is something that,
0: like, he... Enough people have seen it, enough people get it, and he is pretty yeah. damn good at being a good wrestler and getting the crowd into it. Like, he knows how
1: to pace these matches really, really well. Yeah, and even, like, short versus long matches, because this one was only, like, two or three minutes. Yeah, this is something like three He had three the crowd in palm of his hand the whole time.
0: Yeah, and mm-hmm. it was, and he, but it, but
1: it was an entertaining match.
0: Right, it was an entertaining match, and it's not like he does like really crazy ass moves. You know, like, he's not doing it. It's just he he gets the basics of pro. Like he did a cartwheel. Yeah, like and he got did... a reaction. <laughs> yeah, there was that whole reaction of uh, you know he did the ten. You know, he jumped over the thing. Or jumped over uh, Aiden English swipe, you know, did the ten, did the cartwheel, of the ten, like it's great. I love Ty Dillinger. I would really yeah. be excited to see him uh, go after the U.S. title here at some point. Like they have so many guys that are just at like this perfect mid-card level. Like I can't wait to see how like hot SmackDown is going to get over this next year. Like between I... Ty Dillinger, Sami Zayn, Kevin Owens. AJ Styles, like Nakamura, <laughs> Nakamura, Ziggler, Jesus, SmackDown is the brand, and then you've got you know Orton Definitely. and Cena on top of that too. That's fine. They're the part timers that can come in and spice things up a little. Hmm. Got anything else in SmackDown? Um, let me see. Yeah, we already talked about the triple threat match, so. I'm pretty excited to see Styles going after Kevin Owens, too. Because, like, him yeah. winning, I think, also really helps just show that, like, the United States title is going to be a big deal. But then also, definitely makes me wonder, because, like, I guess I could see him, like, losing to Owens. Like, there could be kind of some, like, some heel shit or AJ Styles moves on. Because I would really like to see AJ Styles and Orton for the title, to be honest.
1: Yeah. Like, the world title. But I think you you hold that off for later, like uh, keep these long-term storylines going. Yeah, you could do
0: that. Um, Yeah, so then I guess the last thing to move on would be NXT.
1: Yeah, which new title theme, new video title. Um, They're definitely trying to rebrand NXT now because they've had such a big Loss in the roster, but they're definitely adding to it and replacing it very well. Oh, yeah, they got some good additions. And you know, this
0: week on TV, we got Alistair Black having his first match in full sail and (laughs) Uh, first one minute squash, dude. This that was the best squash match I've seen in a long time.
1: That was awesome. Guy just runs at Alistair Black and he just. Ends him with the finishing move, black Mass, and then just sits cross-legged in the middle of the ring. <laughs> well, I just, I fucking love it. Like, you know, he's just, and
0: this is when commentary was really fucking helpful. Because, like, you know, he comes in, and he's just stone cold, and he's just sitting there with his arms crossed behind his back, just looking at the, you know, his opponent who's dancing around, and he's just still watching him. And yeah, Nigel McGuinness is talking about how, you know, before a fight, you know, a really good experienced fighter knows that you, you want to be calm. You don't want to be jumping around jittery, getting yourself stressed out. You, know, you want to be calm. And so that's exactly what Aleister Black was. He's calm. And then this guy comes in and he just fucking kicks him right in the head and pins him. And that's it. And then just goes back to sitting down. <laughs> I fucking loved it. He's like, yeah, I came in. I kicked his ass. Like, whatever. Uh... It was it was so good. I, I love Aleister Black, dude. Like, there's... Like his aura his character like just the way he moves it's good like I yeah you know, I think he has some room to improve definitely I think NXT is the place for him right now oh, yeah, I'm, yeah I'm excited to see it yeah
1: he's definitely well on his way uh we had an interview with Ty Dillinger he's going to end his NXT career with a cage match with Eric young actually that could be exciting that could be fun yeah yeah
0: I hope they. I hope they really just kind of let Ty Dillinger have one, because like they haven't let him have so many wins in his career, and it's like his last hurrah. But yeah, they, it's, they already it's had always fucking that lose sanity, thing that... so it's like, come on, yeah, let him lose. So just get him this. Let him have this win. Eric Young can handle the loss. It's okay. <laughs>
1: He'll be fine.
0: Yeah. Um, but then we had uh, there was that tag match. With DIY against big guy Dylan Miley,
1: yeah, and
0: uh, desperately needs a name change. (laughs) Michael Richard Blaze, right? Yeah, something like that. Michael Blaze. I don't know who the fuck that Michael Blaze guy is. He could, he's some jabroni, but like that Dylan Miley guy, he looks intimidating as fuck. He needs a new name because they kept calling him Miley, and it was like Miley is not a good intimidating name for a big scary brute. I think of Miley Cyrus. Exactly. exactly. Miley Cyrus or like some little kid like Miley, Milo. I don't know. It's no good. He <laughs> needs a new name. I don't know how that slipped through the cracks.
1: Yeah. We got this really big scary guy. What do we call him? Dylan Miley? Great. <laughs> Dylan Miley. Fucking
0: stupid. Um, but then we got uh, Drew McIntyre also coming back. Yes,
1: with I thought what was a perfect opponent of Oni Lorkin.
0: Yeah, it was just it was the a guy to give him enough of a brawl to, you know, push him a little bit, but still definitely have a dominant show off. And I thought, dude, I thought he looked really good. Like Drew McIntyre was a guy that I remember watching, you know, years ago in WWE and was never impressed by. Um, but like he came back now and. My God, has he gotten a lot better these
1: last couple of years? Him and Cody Rhodes are the poster boys of being like, like, settle your your humility, go away from the WWE and make yourself better. Well, I think
0: the difference is WWE or Cody always had that in him. WWE just never gave him the platform, because um, he was he was like as good as that from day one out on the Indies. Yeah. But McIntyre either just didn't have the pieces yet or, you know, I don't know. Because I felt like they gave him a lot of opportunities that he just was really pretty shitty in. And, yeah, he had to go out in the inter- Indies and figure his shit out and get better. And now he's seemingly worlds better. Oh, yeah. You know, in his promo and his just kind of like his... Aura and his personality and his aggression and his in-ring style. It's all
1: a lot. Like attitude, look, mm-hmm. everything. Oh, my God. He's just gotten ten times better. Yeah, I think he he seems to really...
0: Um, I don't know why I'm thinking about this, I guess, with him more than anybody else. He seems to, I think, have understood better now. Like He understands better now what his strengths are and what his abilities are than what he used to. Because I feel like he was trying to be something that he wasn't before, and mm-hmm. he's embraced a little bit more of what he is, and he's better at it now. Like because he's he's one of those guys that uh, he's not really like a fast, uh, intense in ring worker. He's like slow and methodical and aggressive, and I think he needed to accept that and make that his in ring style. Because he's a lot slower than he was before, but it's a lot better.
1: Yeah. Well, it fits his size, too. Like, he's a surprisingly big guy. Like, very tall.
0: <laughs> yeah, I think... So... Maybe that's it. Maybe he's allowing himself to be as big as he is. Yeah. Because I feel like before, like, you know, he was trying to fit in those, like, little suits and those nice little shirts and shit, and he had, like, the little ponytail. It was like he was trying to be smaller than he was. Mm. I don't know. Maybe, maybe this analysis makes no fucking sense. <laughs> that has no bearing. I... But. I agree with it, though. <laughs> thanks. Makes sense to me. Th- thanks for validating my weird bullshit. <laughs>
1: uh, and then we ended the show with the entire crowd, NXT roster, coaches, and everything saying goodbye to Shinsuke Nakamura, mm-hmm. which yeah. I thought was a nice little touch.
0: It was a nice touch. It makes it feel like a big deal like that. Yeah. And I also really felt like um, yeah, McIntyre's promo... Uh, where he, he talked about you know he alluded to how he could have gone to Raw or SmackDown but he chose to go to NXT, you know just really helps make NXT feel like a big deal.
1: Yeah, definitely. So that's pretty NXT cool. NXT definitely feels like its own brand at this point. So, uh,
0: to kind of wrap up the show here in uh, review of the Superstar Shakeup, out of the people who have come to Raw, who do you think yeah. is uh? going to be the best off with the new opportunity on Raw. Just just to Uh, recap who we got, we got Miz and Maurice, we got Ambrose, Cruz, Hawkins, Slater and Rhino, Mickey James, Alexa Bliss, Bray Wyatt, and we got Callisto.
1: Yeah, so uh, I think Miz and Maurice can do fine. I Mm -hmm. think Ambrose, the change of scenery, uh, can do good for him, Uh, especially now that being the IC champ, it's going to be elevated, so he'll have to step up to that plate. Um, Kalisto, only for the fact that now he can be in the cruiserweight division. Mm-hmm. And then uh, Alexa and Mickey, I think, are going to do fine. Everyone else, it's either like, why did they move him, or it it's doesn't change anything for them. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's a tough one.
0: Um, I, don't know, I, I I would have to say probably overall, I think uh, Alexa Bliss is probably going to work out the best um, just because I, I think this is honestly at first I thought I was I was a little bit um, worried that they switched her over because I thought she would be a good fit to stay on SmackDown and kind of help mm-hmm. stabilize that division but I think this is I'm almost kind of viewing it now as more of a reward of like you did so good this year on SmackDown that we want to send you over to Raw and that you can be at least for a little while maybe like the top heel on Raw yeah, you know, or at least kind of. Yeah, and think about that. who she was switched with. Right, that she was. She, she does feel like she was the switch with Charlotte. Yeah, so.
1: which is, I think, a great compliment to her. So,
0: yeah, dude, I I think out of uh, this whole year, because like looking back in retrospect, I think that um the whole brand split was a very it turned out well. Like there were a lot more positives mm. than negatives. Definitely, overall, I would say. And I think that one of the people who really stepped up in this time, this last year, like, I think Alexa Bliss, uh, she's been, like, skyrocketing ever since she turned heel down in NXT. Like, yeah. she's just figured it out, and she's done really well. Like, she's
1: well, remember, putting I together think
0: the pieces, and just, yeah, it's great.
1: We were a little scared when she was moved up to SmackDown. Like, we said, we're like, oh, she's been really good down in NXT, but now you're kind of throwing her in the deep end. Yep, and um, she swam. Yeah, Definitely. Uh, so now, let's switch to the other side. Who do you think is going to profit from moving to SmackDown? Uh, well, other, we got than, other than Charlotte, I, I
0: think Charlotte will do fine, but I think, honestly, her biggest thing is she's going to benefit the division, but I think yes. the biggest person who's going to benefit from the move to SmackDown is going to be Zayn, for sure.
1: Exactly, I agree.
0: I think Sami Zayn's finally going to get his, uh, his show an opportunity to shine, and he just he always has felt like a SmackDown guy. Mm-hmm. For whatever that's worth, I don't know what that means exactly, but uh, I really hope that he's one of these guys that you know. Now that he's there, that he's just going to stay there for a while, and he's going to yeah. be one of those guys that you just you associate with SmackDown as the brand. It's like, oh yeah, Sami Zayn is a SmackDown guy.
1: In in second place, I'm going to throw Kevin Owens in there, because yeah, I would too. I think actually, at at. The main event level, he had a run on Raw. I think he could have an even better one on SmackDown. Yeah. And I don't. I
0: I have to throw in because I have to go on a rant about it because I didn't talk about it yet. Uh, I think in third, I'm going to go New Day because not only, I think, is their presence really about uh, elevating the division, but at the same time, because they're on a new show and because it's technically new titles, in a way, they do have a new goal.
1: They have a new tag title to chase. Well, they so, have, and they have all new opponents. Like, right? They have guys they haven't they, fought in a long time. So they basically have a blank slate on SmackDown.
0: Yeah. So I'm, I'm trying to remember, like, so who all do they have to fight with now? They've got the Usos. They've got American Alpha. They've got uh, Epico and Primo. They've got um, not um, the VOD villains anymore, but they got no. the Ascension. Yeah, and they've got the Fashion Police. Fashion Police. And I guess that's it. Because, yeah, the uh, hype bros are not really a thing anymore.
1: No, because Zach's injured.
0: Yeah. Maybe there'll be another... Oh, you know what? Maybe Harper and Rowan will get together at some point. Maybe, yeah. Well, New Day will be... They'll they'll have plenty of guys, I guess, they're a feud with. Even if those feuds... We'll see how good they are, because that is kind of scraping the bottom of the barrel. But
1: well, you know, what? maybe they can elevate the barrel.
0: Maybe they can exactly if they can elevate the ascension and the fashion police, then that is really that's really well done.
1: <laughs> yeah. Uh, so I think that's gonna be it for this week, right? Uh, yeah, that's that's pretty much it for me. Uh, thank you for listening, everybody. Uh, please check us out on Facebook, Super Smart Brothers, Twitter at Smart Brothers. And supersmartbrothers at gmail.com. Shoot us an email. And please rate, review, and subscribe to this podcast on iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, and our original home of Podbean.
0: And uh, my last little note and shout out from 205 Live. There was that guy, Johnny Ocean. He was the guy that jobbed out to Rich Swan. Do you remember him? Yeah. I think, because he was loud as fuck. He... Bubba Ray Dudley and Jericho should have a triple threat <laughs> yelling match. <laughs> That's
1: crazy.